TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good morning to you, baseball people. It's inside the clubhouse on a Saturday morning right here on 670 The Score. I am indeed Matt Spiegel back and here on Saturdays in perpetuity along with Bruce Levine. Bruce, good morning. Action-packed show. A news-packed morning suddenly for both the locals and for some national baseball trends, sir. Yeah, it's a huge day in Chicago here, Matt. Uh, By the way, welcome back to the show that... Oh, you normally are on. We missed you over the past weeks, and uh, so I, I'm Thanks, sure you're going to be here for uh, the duration of the baseball season, at the very least. Um, we are expecting the Chicago White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals to play pretty much a historic game for this year, with the Cardinals having not played for 20 days, and the fact that, uh, indeed, they had all the positive tests from both their staff and from players Uh, Only played five games so far after three weeks of the baseball season. That's coming up with a twin bill at guaranteed rate today. Uh, The Cubs uh, continue their trek against the Milwaukee Brewers over this weekend. A a game that you'll hear uh, live on the score with a pregame starting at 120 with Zach Zaidman. And, Mm -hmm. of course, the latest news in Cincinnati that a positive test has occurred among the players and we will be going out to uh, uh, our good friend Bobby Nightingale, beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer, in just a minute or two to discuss what the latest is there with the Reds. Yeah, lots going on. Um, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. We'll figure out nationally what's uh, going to happen with MLB. As you mentioned, a seven-inning doubleheader for the Sox <clears throat> and the Cardinals today. Uh, It'll be Lucas Giolito in Game 1, a bullpen game in Game 2 for the White Sox. We'll talk more about that in an hour. And the Cubs game moved up because of a weather advisory, and it's kind of a nice benefit of having no fans. You don't have to worry about the ticket takers, uh, the ticket holders, uh, a day in advance. And and so the the Cubs lose a game last night, which we should, of course, uh, pick apart and go crazy about because... Boy, they stink. Oh, wait a minute. They're 13-4, five games up in that National League Central. Um, But the national trend of what a Reds positive test 
might mean and can the Cardinals get all these games in? After their, their schedule news yesterday, Bruce, they had, what, five additional doubleheaders, um, or is it six additional doubleheaders now rescheduled as they try to figure out a way to get 55 games in the rest of the way? Matt, let's go out to Cincinnati. Uh, line, set us up, please. This is our next guest joining us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford is in Melrose Park. To Cincinnati we go. Bobby Nightingale in the Cincinnati Inquirer. You can follow him at bnightingale at inquirer.com. Joins us on the inside the clubhouse. Uh, good morning, Bobby. Thanks for taking some time out today. Um, hopefully not a lot of big bad news coming out of Cincinnati. What is the latest you've heard about the one positive test uh, that is being reported out of uh, the Cincinnati clubhouse. Yeah, it came out last night after the game. So the Reds won 8-1, to one, and then it was kind of subdued celebration afterwards, and we couldn't really figure out why. And uh, a few hours after that, you know, Ken Rosenthal reports first that uh, a player tested positive. So that's kind of the first thing. And then they started contact tracing, obviously, and uh, figuring that thing out. And then this morning, I'm, I'm guessing I'm, – pretty sure most likely tonight's game will be postponed between Reds and Pirates and then we'll see what happens tomorrow but you at least buy yourself a, at least an extra day by postponing today. Hey, hey Bobby as far as you can tell does this have nothing to do with the the the, the fact that Moustakis and Nick Senzel had self-reported some symptoms and spent some days on the injured list that's a while back already anyway. Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. Those guys both tested negative six times to, to get cleared to play, and they won an appeal. Um, Matt Davidson also, he, he had a false positive test almost the, after the first day of the season. So I, I think the second day of the season he went on the injured list. Um, but he, he reported symptoms himself and had an expedited test that gave him a false positive, so it took him six days to come back. Uh, but this is the first time they've had an actual positive test uh from a league test uh, since the season started. Now, Bobby, uh, again, we're talking to Bobby Nightingale of the Cincinnati Inquirer. You can follow Bobby at bnightingale at inquirer.com. And, Bobby, uh, at the end of the Reds game yesterday, uh, after they began to celebrate the 8-1 victory over the Pirates, uh, Nick Senzel uh, separated himself from the team, uh, looked uh, agitated, according to reports, and um, now, uh, do you think there's any any type of uh, connection between Sinzel separating himself and looking upset to the possible chance that he uh, knows something or is there something with him that's related to this story coming out? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's 100%, but it, w- it would make sense based off what we saw just because you know, they, they win the game, they're about to do the handshake line, and then a coach pulls Senzel aside, and they, they walk off together. And the, the rest of the players, they had confused looks on their face the entire time afterwards uh, just because he got pulled aside himself. And then um, by the time he got close to the dugout, you could tell Senzel was upset. He threw his glove on top of the dugout before he walked in. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't like anyone just grabbed the glove either. They, they waited till a clubhouse attendant came and, he picked it up with a towel, so it wasn't even like anyone themselves picked up the glove off the top of the dugout. So I, I, I could see where it, it certainly makes sense if that's the case, but I, I haven't, I don't have a hundred percent word that it, it would be him that tested positive. It definitely could be somebody else. 
Hey, hey Bobby, as, as far as you know, and not asking you to snitch, but, you know, have any guys been to a casino or have any guys uh, gone out and had some nightlife? I mean, what's what's been the sense of following the protocols among the players? We live in a world now where Zach Plesak and, and, um, and, and Mike Clevenger have been sent down essentially to the minors, to the minor... Uh, you know, to the minor affiliate, essentially, for, for Cleveland, where guys are getting called out for doing this stuff. Have the Reds been agreeable and doing the right thing as, a, as an organization? Yeah, I mean, for the from everything we've heard, I mean, it, it seems like they've all been above board. Now, one thing that they are probably, I'm sure they already checked into it by now, is their, their last series before they came back to Cincinnati was in Milwaukee, and that's where the Cardinals were. They were the first team to use the, hmm. to use the same hotel as the Cardinals who were kind of holed up there for a few days uh, while, they, while they had to kind of isolate by themselves. Now, obviously, I'm not, uh, they probably didn't share the same rooms or anything, and I was told that you, they had a different, like a common area where the team has their meals and all that type of thing at the hotel. The Cardinals had the top floor. The Reds had a different uh, spot in the hotel for their own common area. But I'm sure that's something they're looking into, saying, you know, it's not a good sign that they shared the same hotel and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden a player tests positive a few days later. Bobby, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for your friendship as always. People can follow you on Twitter at bnightingale at inquire.com. Thanks again for joining Matt and I on Inside the Clubhouse today, and we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. It's Bobby, Bobby Nightingale. Nightingale, the Cincinnati Inquirer, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. giving us the latest on what's going on, Matt. And, uh, you know, the fascinating part is Sinzel separated from the team at the end, not allowed to separate, uh, not not allowed to uh, uh, be able to be close to them when they uh, celebrated their victory. So pretty curious stuff, especially after uh, the report by uh, Ken Rosenthal that there is at least one positive test there. And as Bobby Nightingale just told us, a good chance that game will be canceled today so they can do some testing. It's um, it, It's been uh, awkward. It's been uncomfortable, but it has steamrolled forward. And with these announcements yesterday, with the Cardinals rescheduling and the fact that they're about to play again for the first time in 20 days, um, and the seeming preparations for a postseason in a bubble, Bruce, I remain convinced myself that the owners and Rob Manfred are going to do everything they can possibly do to get that postseason in and with it all of the excitement and the replenished income from an existing postseason. Do you think even another team breakout would would be something that they would just steamroll through? It's awkward if it's the same division well, as the Cardinals. Then you've got a real problem in that sense. Well, you know, if you saw the numbers yesterday that came out on Major League Baseball, it's less than 3% that have tested positive. And besides the uh, the two from last week with the uh, Cardinals, uh, there has been nothing. So uh, this has been isolated basically in two teams, uh, Matt. And I don't, I don't think they're going to shut it down for that. Now, if there's a big outbreak with the Reds, uh, you know, all bets are off. You know, you if, if, you, if you think the Reds are going to, have to uh, quarantine and miss uh, extended period of time, then you don't know. But I would, I don't think Major League Baseball would ever put revenue and money ahead of people's health and uh, jeopardy of outbreaks among uh, numerous teams. I, I think that there would be a pause. Uh, there would be a pause if, if the Reds break out and and they can't play. I, I think that would be very close to 
uh, putting uh, the kibosh on, on baseball in 2020. I mentioned Plesak and Clevenger, and it's a situation where where teammates are very upset with them, and, and former teammates have been given an opportunity to speak about it. One of those former teammates is the Cubs' second baseman, Jason Kipnis. And we'll talk plenty of Cubs and plenty of White Sox with their roster moves this morning, if you haven't heard. We'll talk about that for sure here during Inside the Clubhouse. But let's stay on this this issue, I think, Bruce, and with, with Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger doing what they did and now being sent down here to Lake County. Um, yesterday, Jason Kipnis was asked about his former teammates and about how his Indians teammates now, the current ones who are still on the big league roster, are feeling about it. Here's Jason Kipnis of the Cubs talking about Clevenger and Plesak. Saw what uh, went on in Cleveland today when they optioned out the two guys that violated the protocols. I, I just wondered from your perspective, being from that organization for so long, uh, whether whether it surprised you the way that the, the, that organization responded to that. You asked me the first question when I returned in Cleveland, didn't you? You were on, you're on this one, Gordon. I asked the uh, yes. You're stuck but, on this topic, apparently. <laughs> but there's 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 news today, though. <laughs> there is news today, and I'd I'd like to keep that news in the Indians organization. The I'm on both sides of that ball because I, I'm I've been teammates with all of them. I'm friends with Police Second Clev. I'm friends with the rest of the team that that they kind of hurt in a way. Um, you, you never want to see someone's kind of career be taken from them in the sense of where they're not allowed to pitch but at the same time they kind of put themselves in this position so um listen i i i hope they learn their lesson i real quick i hope they prove to the teammates that they've they've learned their lesson and get back to being uh on the mound because those are two of the better pitchers uh in the al even they're they're good guys i know they're getting a bad rap right now they mean well they, they've just made some mistakes um and i think uh they're they're paying for it right now and it's it's when you when you screw up and sometimes you got to answer that bell. Hey, hey, yeah. hey Bruce, Zach Plesak had put out a six minute, um, you know, pseudo apology video of him driving around with his eyes all over the place, one hand on the steering wheel, talking about it and blaming the media for vilifying he and Mike Clevenger horrendously ill-advised to do so. That video has since been deleted. And Terry Francona said, quote, I was disappointed in the video. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, these, these guys, at least Zach Plesak, I don't think has realized the gravity of the situation and how they let down their teammates. And then Mike Clevenger lying to the teammates for a day. It's, it's brutal stuff. Well, I think he realizes it now because they've both mm -hmm. been demoted, uh, sent to the other uh, uh, satellite um uh, you know, coordinate wherever they're they're playing at, you know, right now. So they're they're out for right now, and that's a sacrifice that the front office. I applaud the ownership. I applaud the other players on that team. I applaud because these are two of the better pitchers, not only on the Cleveland Indians but in the American League. So they are all in support of the fact that these guys do not deserve to be with the major league team right now for the jeopardy they put uh, their team in and uh, the lack of thought when it comes to the, just, you know, the, the human contact that they're having and knowing what is at stake here. So um, again, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with the Indians and the uh, organization and the, and the teammates for supporting this and saying, you know what, uh, 
the, the lesson has to be taught here, and even if it costs us on the field, uh, these guys do not deserve to be with the team right now. Yeah, it's a very, very good starting pitching staff for Cleveland that is now greatly damaged by sending those two guys down. And it's a shame that it had to go that far to get the message across. Zach Plesak's uncle is Dan Plesak of, uh, of MLB Network, a frequent guest with McNeil and Parkins on the score. And he was on yesterday and was asked about his nephew. Here's Dan Plesak from the score yesterday. And my nephew and my Clevenger are two of the other 2,998 that have done it the right way, then it doesn't excuse his behavior. He should know better. He's 25. He's not 15. And the, the, the young people of today, they're far more equipped, Dan, than either of you two, Dan's and I were at this stage. With social media, with Facebook, with Instagram, with Twitter, they come up to the big leagues, their seasons, they've played in showcase games, they they're, they're, they're out there when they're in high school. They're out there in college. Their sports is on 24-7. And my advice would have been, Dan, to take your medicine. And I, I listen, Zach did what he did, and he's going to have to own up for it and, and deal with what he's put out there. That's the only thing I could say. Disappointed, of course, um, in an industry right now that so many people – are trying so hard to keep it going. That just can't happen, Dan. It just can't happen. They like to play the Dan game when Dan Plesak is on, referring to Danny Parkins, Dan Plesak, Dan McNeil, lots of them in there. Um, but good for Dan Plesak. Must be hard to talk about your nephew like that, but the truth is the truth, Bruce Levar. It didn't sound hard. It just sounded like a very responsible response from our, our good friend Dan Plesak, who... Uh, Gave it straight out. And, and uh, you know, again, you could hear the passion and the disappointment in his voice when he was speaking from the heart to both of our Dans about the reality of the situation. And again, uh, is, this a, um, is this a situation? Because, look, uh, every, by all indication, Clevenger and Plesek are really good kids, okay? And I'll underline kids, all right, even though they're grown men playing baseball. Um, is, this, is this, do you think, something that's about the demographic or just a personally uh, emboldened idea from these two players? Oh, I think it's about a feeling of invincibility that a healthy athlete in their uh, physical prime feels. And it's, uh, it's societal, as we have seen as a, as a nation, some people willing to literally take one for the team and some people thinking that they can get away with it. Th that's the thing. They let their teammates down and their teammates are angry. Adam Plutko, who's had to start a couple of games and, and will have to start some more in replacement for these guys, uh, talked about it yesterday to, to Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Quote, they hurt us bad. They lied to us. They sat here in front of you guys and publicly said things that they didn't follow through on. And I would be so angry at a teammate if they did that, especially Clevenger, who I've always liked and heard good things about. But he lied to them in a team meeting and said he wasn't with them and then flew back on the team plane, exposing everybody and risking that. You know, it's 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 one thing to put yourself at risk. It's another to put your entire organization and your entire league at risk. So, yeah, good on the Indians for sending them down to Lake County 
yesterday um, and, and humbling them as they need to be. And maybe the Indians lose a couple more games. But in a year like this, they're doing the right thing. We're going to have to take a break. Our number is 312-644-6767. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you every Saturday between 9 and 11, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball and inside the clubhouse. Ryan Dempster will join us when we come back. Jerry Harrison, Jr. of the Dodgers pre and post, former Cub, uh, former uh, Dodger, uh, talk a little bit about the celebration of the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues happening this Sunday around Major League Baseball. We'll get to that as well. And we have an official postponement, by the way, between the Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates today, and still the singular word test, not tests, but singular test, is being referenced with the Cincinnati Reds. So hopefully there's some good news in that. We'll see. Ryan Dempster next, right here on The Score with Bruce Levine and me, Matt Spiegel, on Inside the Clubhouse. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's Inside the Clubhouse. Matt Spiegel and Bruce Levine here with you. Uh, two seven-inning games. Total of 14 innings. Extras pending for the White Sox and the Cardinals coming up today. And Bruce, some roster moves for the White Sox this morning. Uh, most notable of which on the negative side is the movement of Lurie Garcia to the 45-day injured list with that thumb that he hurt on a headfirst slide into first base uh, earlier in the week. That is an unfortunate development for a very useful and flexible part of their roster, who's been been really good offensively, too, has Larry Garcia. You're, you're right, Matt. Uh, again, this pretty much renders him out for the rest of the season. Okay, wow. so, I mean, 45 days from now is what? Okay, it's, it's already the end of the regular season. So he's done for the year. Um, in, unless, uh, you know, he, he's been out for what, five or six days on the list. So it might mm-hmm. allow him to come back five days, uh, you know, before the end of the year, but he's out. So this sprain left thumb has turned into something a lot more than just a simple sprain. Uh, and the depth of the team is being really pushed here. Uh, they purchased the contract of infielder Chesler Cuthbert from Schomburg and uh, brought up left-handed pitcher Bernardo Flores from Schomburg hmm. because another injured pitcher, Ian Hamilton with yet another sore shoulder. So this has been a uh, uh, pretty much a, a theme in Chicago White Sox camp, sore shoulders. We already have uh, three different other pitchers with the White Sox with short, sore shoulders. And, uh, and then you have uh, Bummer with a biceps injury that have them out. Two starting pitchers, Bummer, um, and then uh, now... You have um, Hamilton. This is uh, is pretty rough on the Chicago White Sox. I saw a statistic yesterday that is uh, startling to me, Matt. Uh, In 2019, after the first 15 games of the year, uh, 16 pitchers had gone on the DL at that time. Last year was turned into the IL. After 15 games, there were 28 pitchers on the IL in 2019. This year... After 15 games, 58 pitchers on the IL. 58, okay? Hmm. So if you think the shortened uh, summer camp has not impacted Major League Baseball, it has, and it continues to. It's not just one team. It's not just one league. It's all over the place where 
you're losing uh, pitching. Uh, out of um, Washington yesterday, it appears Strasburg is hurt and maybe uh, maybe having to be out for a while. Came out yeah. after two innings, not looking well. You have all kinds of pitchers on all kinds of teams out. And uh, this is just, you know, when you talk about competitive balance, that is something that is certainly an issue right now as far as all the injuries that are taking place only three weeks into the Major League Baseball season. It's such a very specific science for each individual guy in terms of how they get themselves ready, how they know that they feel good. And this this stop and start that we've had with the shutdown in March and then a restart for summer camp and then some of these teams having to be shut down, the Cardinals for 20 days, the Marlins for as long as they were, other teams just, you know, uh, following along with the, the detritus of the postponements, three or four days here, the Cubs called it their uh, all-star break. Ian Happ called it all-star break 2020 when they had a four-day shutdown, but they've come back seemingly okay so far with the arms. But it's just, it has wreaked havoc with pitchers. That's 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 for sure. And it is, yeah, I mean, the, the White Sox have been hit harder than than most. That's, that's for sure. I mean, you're, you're talking about a team... You mentioned Bummer and and Jimmy Lambert and of course the opt out from uh, Michael Kopech before that and it, with all of the other injuries you're looking at you're looking yeah, at you're some looking very difficult Lopez yeah Rodon yeah Ronaldo Lopez threw two innings of a simulated game yesterday in Schaumburg um, as as his his slot will come back up again that'll be Gio Gonzalez who has not gotten out of the fifth inning I don't believe in any of of his starts. Uh, although he's pitched well at times, but not gotten through the fifth. In terms of these guys who've just come up, Bruce, Bernardo Flores has only ever been a starter. 20 games for three different uh, minor league affiliates last year, all starts. The year before that, 25 games, all starts. So he's called up today. It's interesting with that second game slated to be a bullpen game. Last time we saw them go with Matt Foster and then Drew Anderson, um, I wonder if Bernardo Flores will just be handed the ball to, to give himself a chance to start. That's what he's done the last three seasons, as I look. Actually, the last four seasons, it's only ever been starts for Bernardo Flores. Jim. Yeah, it, it makes sense, Matt. So uh, we'll we'll find out in just a short period of time as uh, the White Sox uh, begin their uh, doubleheader against the Cardinals today, uh, beginning at um, 12:10. Uh, that's a game that was moved up an hour. Uh, the Cubs game was moved up, um, what was it, five hours uh, or at least four hours because of mm -hmm. uh, in, in, impending rain here this evening. So this is something they can, you know, it's it's an interesting aspect of it, uh, this, the fact that uh, there is an advantage to not having fans in stands because you can change time variables in a game by four or five hours if you want yeah. to with just agreement of the other team and MLB uh, in the past, you know, when you have fans in the stands, you can't tell them uh, the day of the game or, you know, 10 hours before that the game has changed five hours difference. It's just not something that's acceptable in major league baseball, you know, to do that to people that are paid money in advance coming from uh, different parts of the uh, state, different states to come in for a game and then change the uh, time of it for, Five, four or five hours. So that's all, that's one of the very few good aspects of the fact that no fans and stands. 
Absolutely true. And uh, it, as we had mentioned, for those who might not have realized, it's supposed to be a night game for the Cubs, and now it's, what, a 2-10 a start um, because of a possible weather advisory for, for later on tonight. Sticking with the White Sox for a moment here, Ryan Goins has played second base and shortstop in his life, I assume with Cuthbert up. Cuthbert's really a third baseman uh, by trade. So Goins is your backup middle infielder at this point, Bruce? Yeah, he has to be. Um, you know, you, you're already, you know, you're down already Madrigal. down Madrigal, you know, and you're down Garcia. So now, you know, Goins is your, you know, your your backup at second base or your starter if Anderson comes out of the game, and you, you know, you have to move Mendick over to shortstop, and that's your depth. I mean, uh, White Sox are being pressed here uh, with injuries. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, to their credit, they had some depth there, but that's all, that's all gone at this point. And when you talk about teams looking around for other teams that are not competing right now, uh, you know, teams like the Boston Red Sox, who are pretty much going to be uh, out of it. I mean, after this, after this weekend series with the Yankees, you know, you can't predict yeah. wins every day. But for Boston, unfortunately for you, a former big Boston Red Sox fan, uh, that's that's a really bad team with no pitching right now, and uh, it's it's going to be a long time for them. So my point is, uh, you might see some of the veterans on that team that are pretty much out of contract getting traded earlier than you think. Hmm, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, the Red Sox at six and fourteen. My dad a Red Sox fan since the uh, the the forties, really since the thirties. And certainly the, the 40s um, texted the other night and said, this is the worst team, the worst Red Sox team I've ever seen. No pitching. Nobody can hit. There's I don't want to see the bullpen come in. He's hating it. And uh, I said, well, at least that it's only another 45 days or so. <laughs> <laughs> you always have this little sunshine on your shoulder. That's really great. I mean, uh, you only have to suffer 45 more days, sir, um, until we get that electric chair, until we get that. Yeah. Until we get that uh, plug on that electric chair fixed, you know, you're, you're okay. And it'll probably be 45 days, and, and you're, you're all right. Uh, but, I, you know, no, it, 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 go ahead. No, go on. It, it, well, no, no, it's, it's, it, it's just such a weird thing. We have a texture who wondered about Dane Dunning, Bruce, uh, and Rick Hahn has spoken before. They don't, I think they don't feel like Dane Dunning is, is ready to give them the kind of bulk in innings that they want. And they also have this policy of not letting an injury dictate advancement uh, for their guys. They're really trying to look at it as, as, as specific markers that dovetail with what you've heard. Yeah, I mean, and some of these guys that have come back uh, have returned from injuries, you know, and have, have been hurt. Not yeah. the same injuries, so we're not saying there was any negligence with the White Sox, not at all. They're very careful about handling all of their, their young players. But, you know, again, um, you know, Dunning had the, uh, the Tommy John surgery, missed the entire 2019 season. This is a guy that's highly thought of, and... Uh, you know, it, it depends. Uh, you know, we've heard Rick Hahn say, sure, we're in, in com- for competing and winning this year, of course. But we have a bright future ahead of us that we're looking at also. And they feel that Dane Dunning is a part of this. So at how much do you throw at, and, you know, not talking pitching-wise, but what do you throw at as far as your resources into the 2020 season to try to win that? Hmm. Yeah, well, this is 
it, it, to me, it, it is an opportunity. It's a massive opportunity to get in and have it be a great, healthy thing for the kids and get some good TV ratings and a little bit of uh, sponsorship money there. Um, but it, in what is a bonus year, it's a bonus year, the year before perhaps you thought your winning window was going to begin. But uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I know that fans would love to see the White Sox manage and generally manage this season with um, with the urgency of being a contender. But as the injuries pile up, I wonder I wonder what some of that those thought processes will be. I, I, I understand well, you know, the challenge. Again, uh, yeah, again, do you throw all your resources in uh, young players that have coming off of Tommy John surgery a year ago, March, uh, at this year? Or do you are you more in protective mode of some of them considering all the injuries you've already had? I mean, uh, you know, it's been it hasn't been devastating to the White Sox because they do have some depth and they do have really good players and they are going to score some runs. But, um, you know, getting Rodon back seems to be questionable right now because he's just playing catch right now, uh, not throwing off of a mound. So you're going to see a full month of rehab for Carlos Rodon uh, to come back after being out for two or three weeks at the minimum. Uh, from the shoulders uh, injury, Lopez appears much qu- much closer, uh, already having thrown a couple innings in a sim game and doing it again in a few more days. So, uh, you know, brighter times ahead for for them there. But again, uh, you know, this injury factor and the way teams look at the 2020 season will certainly be tested here over the last six weeks of uh, the season. And uh, we just got word that Dylan Carlson, a big-time prospect for the Cardinals, is coming up today. They announced that they've added him to the roster. He'll come up, and he'll be part of the mix. So yet another reason to tune into local Chicago baseball today to see Dylan Carlson, who I assume will play, big-time big time, uh, um, a guy for them. I, I wonder if they'll go with an opener uh, of sorts or a right-handed reliever. Maybe it's Foster again in that second game today. Lucas Giolito pitches the first. Then you bring in the lefty Flores and flip things around uh, a, a little bit for Ricky Renteria. Um, it's, it's certainly an option. Ross Detweiler has been real good for them, Bruce, but now he hasn't pitched in a while because of the cancellations and because of situations Detweiler has thrown just one inning and 12 pitches since August 4th for a guy that's been a find. I, I, I've been wondering if they would use him to start or maybe they've got him into that sort of Aaron Bummer-esque role in their mind, but those opportunities just haven't materialized for him. No, there have been some blowout games, and, he, and he's been important to them. As you point out, Matt, uh, that Bummer role is so important right now, and uh, they, they have eschewed so far the idea of using him as a starter because Bummer is not on the way back yet. So with, with that in mind, uh, they, they feel the fortification that he gives them three times a week uh, in that role would be more important than uh, putting him in the starting role in the fifth starters role uh, where, where they're lacking a starting pitcher right now. But it, it, it is some tough times for the, uh, the White Sox that again, are probably looking around to try to make a deal if they can uh, to pick up a, a starting pitcher. Not, not an easy task at this point in time. There's a couple of variables involved one of them is who's ready to trade. Uh, number two is how much uh, resources do you have to trade in the way of players? And three, will ownership go along with you if the player that you're trading for 
is making any type of substantial money knowing the revenue streams for all these clubs are really hurting right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, let's take a guy like Robbie Ray of the Arizona Diamondbacks, a free agent to be. There are three teams in front of the D-backs playing better in the West in terms of the standings. D-backs are 9-11, Dodgers, Rockies at 12-7, and and the Padres ahead of them. That's a very savvy front office in Arizona. Do they say, we don't really have a shot to get this done. Let's go ahead and get something for Robbie Ray. Right? I, I, I don't know if they're ready to declare themselves out of it at this point. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a great point. There's, there's a number of teams that can look at it that way. You know, again, you're not costing yourself anything at the gate this year as far as fan attention at the ballpark. So you can talk yourself into just about any area that you want to go with the, this year. But again, uh, you, you owe it to the players, you owe it to the franchise uh, after only 17 games or so to give it a good effort. I mean, Arizona was much worse a week ago, and now they're you know crawling back up there. Colorado is coming back to earth. The Dodgers are ascending to where they're supposed to be. They're, uh, they're obviously among the top two or three teams in the National League, and most people consider them still the best team in, in the National League uh, when you look at them. So from, from that perspective, how far do you push it? Uh, that's a good question. But we'll, we'll start seeing that because the trading deadline, Matt, is only two weeks away. So two <laughs> weeks from tomorrow, <laughs> I wow. know. This is like playing a, you know, a video game, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it is. Like, okay, and, and I, I, I know. I know. There's a lot of people. Every time a little bit of news breaks, whether it's a COVID test or whether it's you know weird stuff or a schedule replacement, there are certain tweets or texts that come in and say, this season is a joke. This is a sham. Just cancel this thing. Man, 2020 has, it leaves you a lot of opportunity to lower your standards. Mine have successfully been lowered to the point that I am loving every minute of this crazy baseball season. I know there is not competitive integrity. There's not integrity in much in this year, frankly, Bruce. You're right Man. about that, Matt. Hey, we have to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk Cubs, White Sox, uh, everything baseball, uh, keep you updated on What's going on around the game? Uh, stay on top of this situation in Cincinnati with this positive test and the cancellation of the Pirates-Reds game today at the Great American Ballpark. A really cool, unique moment in last night's Cubs game on MLB Network, which would not happen if it was not for fanlessness and uh, broadcasters not on site. We'll bring that to you at some point as well. It's Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel. Bruce Levine right here on 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Hills from the stretch, Cubs lead 3-1, the pitch to Yelich. High drive, deep right center, trouble. This ball is all the way back to the wall, and it's a three-run homer for Christian Yelich. And just like that, Milwaukee takes a 4-3 lead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think obviously this one's frustrating for as well as I thought I pitched tonight. Um, you know, pitched really well for even five innings. I think the fifth inning, I made a lot of good pitches, a lot of ground balls that found holes. Um, and then just, you know, one or two bad pitches in the sixth that hurt me bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those nights, you know, made a mistake and, and Yelich made it hurt. And like you said, yeah, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do with it. Um, you know, so yeah, tip the cap. Alec Mills was really good last night up until that sixth inning. He's been really good all year has Alec Mills. And then a couple guys get on. Christian Yelich decides to swing at a changeup, and she gone 4-3, and that's the way it would finish. 
Um, Bruce Levine, Yelich was one for 27 in July with 12 strikeouts. He's now 10 for 37 in August. That's better. But still 12 more strikeouts, including three last night. It's weird to see Yelich as striking out as much as he is, but he can still do that, what he did with one swing, and completely flip that game around. Yeah, he was handled pretty well by Mills uh, up until that point. But when you leave a meatball right in the middle of the plate, a changeup right by his eyes, I mean, it was just uh, like putting it on a tee. And that was the, the game changer. It's a shame because Mills pitched extremely well, um, having to step in for the injured Tyler Chatwood, who was scratched uh, very late toward the uh, beginning of the game with back back uh, tightness. And he'll be reevaluated, and we'll hear more about that today, whether he's going to be available or uh, the uh, the Cubs are going to have to uh, go to another uh, starting pitcher at this point. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, I think David Ross, after the game uh, yesterday, talked about, you know, that he might have to be moved in maybe hopefully yep. by Monday, you know, when they have five games in three days against the Cardinals. Uh, so that's going to okay. be very interesting. Hey, Matt, we got to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more Cubs, more White Sox, everything with you at 312 644 6767. Yep, and we've got word Colin Ray is going to start today. He's been real good, the former starter in a bullpen role, and now Colin Ray going to start today for Tyler Chatwood. We'll discuss that more. And Craig Kimbrell pitched last night, and guess what? He pitched really well in a tight game. What does it mean? We discuss next. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It is 670 to score. In his first Chicago radio interview regarding the firing of Jim Boylan and the new head coach search, Bulls Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Arturis Karnaschovas, will talk exclusively to Chicago's sports morning show, Mully and Haw, Monday morning at 8.30, only on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's official radio home of the Bulls, a radio.com sports station. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 